Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 244 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by this awesome dude right here, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we are going to talk about the UFC on ABC4 card. We're going to talk about UFC 288. And we're going to give you some bonus content at the end. But first, Victor, how the heck are you? I'm doing a lot better, I guess. It's been a long and exhausting week. We've been doing so much stuff behind the scenes. So much. I mean, like, it's not even... I'm not even sure how to how to properly put that into context for any of the listeners, but getting this whole thing off the ground, uh, I kind of I kind of missed the whole restructuring of Bloody Elbow in the larger part. But I'm I'm really happy that we're uh, getting all this stuff ready for you. We've got a lot of great um, surprises for you down the line, and uh, I, that's I think all that I am at liberty to say right now. It has been a long week for all of us. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's get into our picks for this week. UFC on ABC4, and we have a bonus Bellator pick as well. But let's address UFC on ABC4 for a moment. Because, Victor, I look at this card and I think to myself, why does this card look like an Apex card when it's in reality, this is second only to a pay-per-view? Why in the hell is a primetime television spot being wasted with this abortion of a card? Now, there are good fights on it. There are a few good fights. But I had to really do work to find us a few fights to pick from this card and ended up having to supplement with a Bellator fight to make up the difference. But I look at this card and I do not see... UFC on ABC4, I see Apex. So you're telling me that you're not seeing elite level MMA written all over this for what is supposed to be a showcase event mm-hmm. on 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 standard television, non-cable? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're telling me? Mm-hmm. Good, because that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know how this is. This is that. Look, man, I, this is this is the cavalcade of comedy of MMA. All right. You remember that? Do you know what that is? Oh, I do. Yeah, well, see, for some of the younger kids out there who might not remember, uh, Burger King gave Seth MacFarlane an ungodly amount of money to give a bunch of content that would be used exclusively for Burger King promotion and stuff online. And basically what he gave them were the scraps of rejected Family Guy sketches that were not really premium material. A lot of them were not very funny, but hey, he got the bag and they got their content. And that's what's happening here. 
bag plus content. Mm -hmm. Do they need to care about the output? No. Will it deliver some form of ratings? Probably better than whatever reruns they were going to have that night anyhow. I mean, they don't have any NBA playoffs. You know, I think ABC does the finals, so they're not doing anything else right now that's of any um, that has any urgency to it. Why not? And that's what we're looking at now. A why not card. I want to read to you something real quick while we're discussing the way that the UFC is phoning it in. I want to read to you the names of the people that are in the main event. All right. So we start with your Rosenstruck versus Jail Ten Almeida. The next card is Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Angela Hill. And then the next one following that is Kai Kara France versus Amir Albazi. And then the one after that is Amanda Nunes versus Irina Aldana. And then right after that, we have Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. Right after that, we have Josh Emmett versus Ilya Topuria. Right after that, we have Sean Strickland versus Abu Sipion Magomedov. Oh, yeah, Abu, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a fire fight. And then we get Volkanovsky versus Rodriguez. And then after that, we get Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva. Okay, now let's let's break these down for a moment. There are some good fights in here. Oh, Listen, yes. I think Rosenstroke versus Almeida will probably be a one-round barn burner. I think Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill will probably be a battle for... for I won't call it a battle for the ages, but it'll be a battle. Uh, Kai Kara France versus Amir Albazi. My God, that's a great fight. That's fire, yes. Amanda Nunes versus Irina Aldana. You know what? Irina has a real opportunity here. Marvin Vittori versus Jerry Cannonier. That's a fight. It could be good. Making. I don't know that it's going to be good, but you know what? That's a that's a fight with merit. We are always whining about merit. That's a meritorious fight right there. Um, Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tupuria. That is another merit fight. That's a big step up for Ilya. Sean Strickland given the opportunity to uh, Abu Magomedov. I don't know what that's going to look like, but the point here is none of these are, in my opinion, headliners for any card. No. These are guys that you put inside the card, with the exception of Volkanovsky versus Rodriguez and Amanda Nunes versus uh, Irina Aldana. Those two being title fights, obviously Volkanovsky versus Rodriguez is fucking fire that is the standalone in all of these fights that's worth its salt and worth a lot of promotion it is also the fight and this is important criteria and this is criteria that the ufc at one time used was is is this headlining fight going to put new eyes on my product Tell me which one of those outside of Volkanovsky and Amanda Nunes, which one of those is going to put new eyes on their product? Not a one. If you go off name value, maybe Holly Holm, we're going to end up 
with her fighting Myra Bueno Silva and watch somehow, some way we will end up with Holly Holm somehow getting another crack at the title. And that would be okay for the UFC because she has somewhat of a name. She is tough as nails. She just signed a brand new contract after her last fight. Oh, yes, the the UFC can definitely utilize that. But putting her in fights with Myra Bueno Silva and calling it the main event of any card is just, to use Luke Thomas's term, it's promotional malpractice. So so here's, here's where I'm stuck, right? Myra definitely deserved to step up. Sure. I don't know that this is a step up that she would benefit from. Is she ready? I guess there's only one way to find out. But damn, like, then you put it in the main event, too. It's yes. like, I just, I just, I look at this lineup mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll summarize what you said. Great fights. Are they really headline material? At right. least, you know, all of them, not even most of them, not even half of them. No, no. Maybe a third. I mean, that's, and, and that's the, the thing that I'm stuck on. You're mentioning all these names, you're rattling all of them off, and I'm thinking, well, that's not getting pay-per-view points, and that's not either. Well, obviously, like, right, there's only two pay-per-views in that stretch, right, I believe, from the, what you mentioned. But in, in all of them, I think maybe maybe two people out of the four participants, mm-hmm. if that, maybe only one of them is getting pay-per-view points. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I don't um, – it, it, and I mentioned that. I'm lost in the weeds with that aspect mm-hmm. of this all specifically because you need to understand how the, the Walmart model, the cutting cost model, right, to give you the whole the, – the cut rate thing – up front and shoveling this in front of you and presenting this as elite level. I don't know what to tell you, man. You, you got some great fights, but like, is this really worth the, 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 um, you know, is, is this really the, the, the bill of goods that you're ostensibly being sold? I, is that really what's in, in the package? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, Aldana versus home. Yeah. You could say it's a title eliminator, but the UFC has not even, have you noticed they don't like calling it that it's a title fight. Well, what I'm saying is, uh, no, yeah, I'll, you, you I'm sorry, not Aldana, uh, home versus uh, Mara Bonasova. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, that that could be a title eliminator, realistically. I know, right? At least that is if so if home wins. But if Myra wins, like, is there anywhere else for her to go? What would be a bigger feather in her cap than that? If Holly wins, she will probably be in the running. But if Myra wins, she's going to need three or four more fights. That's the problem with this whole scenario. And you said something that is the key to it all. They are supposed to be the biggest and best promotion. This promotion was recently valued at $12.1 billion all by itself. And now it's it's formed superpowers with the WWE for a valuation in total of $21.6 billion. That's the kind of money that's being thrown around. And this is the product we're getting. You hit it on the head when you said they're supposed to be the biggest and best. Yeah. And and this is this is what you and it, as much of a, a as dedicated as a fan as you may be, right? You really got to look at this and say they're not really offering uh, a premier experience, and you can understand things being watered down because of the week to week to week. That is, that is of course something that we know is one of the rigors of following a sport and having this sort of, um, you know, the, the the constant presence, right? Have things being uh, churning nonstop on in, in any given or calendar year. 
and yet still it still cheapens the experience and it ultimately cannot be too much fun for the the viewer at home now we are at least fortunate that these events have not been unbearable. You know, you, you, when right. we mentioned a while ago when we had the uh, the doubleheaders back in the Fox days, right? You had the, that day there was that card in Germany, and then that night there was a, a card in Brazil, you know, and they were dreadful. I mean, I remember doing a winners and losers post. I was up until like four in the morning because this card didn't end until like two. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, why am I writing seven plus thousand words about a no name fucking event with maybe one ra guy who's ranked? I, I just mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Why am I? Well, I must probably be the one person who cares the most about this event than anybody else on the planet. Is anyone going to read this? I powered through when I did it. I'm not complaining about the job. I'm just saying like. Fuck, man. I mean, seriously, like you pad the event, you give us a bunch of filler. And then on top of that, you jam it back to front with a bunch of ads on a service that I'm already paying for. And they may seem like warmed over complaints. But guys, if we're upset about it, trust me, I'm sure you are way ahead of us on that front. In fact, you have much more of a reason to be upset with this whole situation because you don't have to cover this. You know what I mean? You're doing this realistically right with the purpose of entertaining yourself with following a sport that you know that you love and you care about uh, you know it's not that it's a chore for us but holy shit it, it's weird it's just such a bizarro world place to be when it comes to covering this stuff it can be a chore though especially when we're given reheated oatmeal it can be a chore when we get cards that have a single ranked fight on the entire card it's awful Watch, they're gonna expand the rankings to like to like twenty five instead of fifteen, just to get us to shut up. And then it's like the cards are still gonna be the same quality. It's gonna be the same shit. Yeah. So, anyways, that list that I gave you was from a Twitter account called MMA Orbit. They're fairly fresh, and they said these are the UFC main events for the next two months. The list that I read you, and they said thoughts. So I said <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I, I have some thoughts. So, so I said. You know, I put no, 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 meh, no, okay, no, yes, and legit fucking LOL. And that was in order of the, the fights that I listed. So you go through and you figure that out. Or you can go to my Twitter and look through my replies because it's in my replies. And it got a lot of traffic of people either agreeing with me or just going out of their way to disagree me with me, saying these fights are killer this is a killer fight you know what you're right it is a killer fight is the name value of that fight gonna put new eyeballs on this sport no it's not that's the whole gist of the argument let's look at our two pay-per-views there i would absolutely pay my hard-earned money for volkanovsky versus rodriguez i am pissed to the heavens that I have to pay for Nunez versus Aldana. Because let me tell you guys something. Vox is no longer our sugar daddy. So we don't get our pay-per-views comped anymore. I have to pay for these now. I don't like janky streams that I have to restart because they're buffering or I got to go find a new one because it's been killed or what the fuck ever. I pay for these. And... Having to pay for Amanda Nunes versus Irina Aldana? This would have been a perfect fight to headline a primetime card. But nope, we got to pay 90 bucks for it. 
ridiculous in my opinion, because that's what it comes out to after your, your taxes, at least here in Texas. If Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva were audacious enough to be the headliner of a pay-per-view, would you pay for it? No. You I mean... <laughs> you would not. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Don't you dare even look like you're going to try and pause it I'm and not, argument I would for the never, other side. I would never lie to you about that. What I'm, what I'm having a dilemma with is trying to find a way... I mean... How do I not incriminate incriminate myself with this answer that I'm really dying to kick out? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't don't want to seem like I'm endorsing certain things, but at the same time... You could absolutely make a case for endorsing it. I mean, I've done it in the past already. (laughs) I might as well go whole hog. You got to ask yourself, do do you really want to go through the hassle of having to refresh your screen a hundred times and find other alternate routes. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm a veteran of the live wire area. Okay. I'm, (laughs) I'm not, you're not going to stop me. All right. We're talking about the Kazad days. Okay. The BMP three days. I have given my hard drives enough syphilis I, I can I think I can handle this. You know, I don't know if that's really that much of a as 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 big a challenge, as as daunting a concern. Mm, yeah, maybe. I, I'd much rather have this problem than than be the the, the embarrassment, the humiliation mm-hmm. of having some guy at my cable company laughing at me, like, yo, this motherfucker right here paying for UFC. You see this? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We are going to give you our brief picks we have four from the ufc on abc card and it was a struggle for me to even get these four together because one of them is just clearly for an action factor that's the only reason why they made this fight but that's great yeah this is what i want listeners to understand and appreciate you are really squeezing this. You understand? You really are trying to make the most you can out of this. This, this, mm, trying to make a dollar out of this 10 cent right here. I mean, listen, our opening fight Tainara Lisboa taking on Jessica Rose Clark. And if you want a good, thorough analysis, go listen to the MMA Viva section on this particular fight. They have some of the most astute analysis of that particular fight. We are not going to pick it ourselves, but I would urge you to listen to their analysis on that one. Now, the ones we are going to pick, we're going to start with Carlos Uberg taking on Ihor Potiera. This is not ranked. Um, this is strictly for action. Because, oh, God. You know, they're, just, they're just giving Ihor, like, all the handsome dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, you kill all the pretty men. Like, no, don't do that. No. This fight is weird for me because of of Potiera being in the mix. I am tempted to take Ihor. However, when I look back at his record, he got smoked by Nikolai Negumarano. And then he rebounded with the win over Shogun. But I mean, come on. I can't put a whole lot of stock in that win. Shogun was so far past it. I mean, I would estimate Shogun's been out of his prime since about 2012, if we're really honest. Yo, nah, see that? Wow. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You're 100% right. That's 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 about, yeah, that's a good, so, that's a good point to, we're good you, you look level at for that. And you go back further, and he has these wins over 
who? You see what I'm saying? I'm over mm-hmm. here and I'm struggling, struggling. And so he gets to the UFC and they give him not even a middle of the pack. This is a low tier guy and he got smoked. So he comes back and he smokes the oldest guy, the, the most broken down guy. I don't know. I'm taking Olberg here because I I am not blinded by that Shogun win. I can't be after him taking such a terrible loss to Negu Murano. So I I'm, I'm going to take Olberg and Mookie's going to take Olberg and Victor. I know you've been super busy and haven't had an opportunity to look closely. This is your chance now to see if you want to reconsider your earlier pick. No, actually, I don't. I'm very stubborn. See, here's what's going to happen. I, I'm I'm going to stick with uh, Ehor because, uh, frankly, I don't know that I can trust Olberg. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't really think this is. I I I, I like the guy. I just don't. I, I, something's not quite clicking here. I'd like for him to win. I would, but from what I've been seeing, like mm, I'm not really getting that vibe, man. And that's all I'm operating on. Not really any sort of deep analysis. Ulberg has only lost once to Kennedy and Tukwu, who we will talk about after a while, who mm. is a killer. And then he has rebounded with three straight wins, including a knockout of the guy that beat <laughs> Potiera. That is his last win. He knocked out Nikolai Negu Murano. He knocked out Tafan and Chukwi right before that. And he took a decision over Fabio Charant. Now that I've laid out more, are you still going to stick with him? Or are you going to be, yep, you're going to be stubborn. I can hear it in your silence. Yeah, yeah, I I am. (laughs) Yes. All right. So our next fight that we are picking. D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez is taking on Ian Machado Gary. I like this fight. I like Mm -hmm. it a lot. I look at this D-Rod fight and Ian Machado Gary, and I have to go backwards in time with D-Rod. Have to go backwards to his fight with uh, Li Jingliang because, I'm sorry, Li Jingliang won that. I don't care what it says in the record books and that split decision. The leech won. And then he takes this fight with Neil Magny and he, I'm sorry, Neil Magny got his number pretty quick. So I know Victor is going to stay stubborn <laughs> and he's going to pick his guy because he loves Daniel Rodriguez. Am I, I right? am. Yes, I, <laughs> I am. And I do. I think, hey, listen, man, listen, some guys, they just grow on you. You know what I mean? I, I he still he still got it kind of like I don't think I'd, I would I favor him. No. I mean, I got to keep it a buck. I, I I wouldn't, but I'm still rocking with him because he's got a chance to win, and maybe he's got things changed up. You know, I, I said this in the staff preview. This guy, um, you know, he he's he's not working with Joe Shilley and them in L.A. anymore. He's at Extreme Couture. Maybe now he's finally got his footing under him, and um, they got a good stable of guys there now, especially at uh, middleweight, kind of working together and making shit move. So I, I, I think that that might be to his benefit. I don't know. All right. Well, I am taking Ian Gary, and so is Mookie. Next up, we get to the co-main event. Anthony Smith taking on Johnny Walker. Mookie is taking Anthony Smith. I am taking Johnny Walker. Anthony Smith has been fighting forever. 
he has been fighting a long, 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 long time. If we go back to his amateurs, he has been fighting since 2007. That's 16 Ugh. years. Oh okay? my God. He has had a lot of wars. And Magomed Ankalaev, boy, that was an eye opener. Now, I know he had that three fight run over Ryan Spahn and Jimmy Crude and Devin Clark, but. Magomed Ankalaev really kind of showed some some serious deterioration there. So I am going to, um, I'm definitely going to take Johnny Walker. I think that power is going to figure in. And I don't think Johnny Walker is going to respect Anthony Smith's power because he doesn't traditionally carry a lot. He's He's your grappler. He's your guy that's going to sneak up on you and fuck you up on the ground. And that could absolutely happen. But I think he walks into something from Johnny Walker personally. I will continue to not trust a guy <laughs> who ended up mid-career at SPG Island. I'm sorry. I don't. Not against somebody who fights as smart as Anthony Smith. Not a guy who has the absolute inability to say, yeah, I think I should stop. Um, and especially someone who's got as, as as good and as complete a ground game, especially when it comes to submission attacks, as, as Anthony Smith. Does his wrestling as good as it could be? Probably not. His takedown game isn't really anything as far as like world class. But once things get down there, however mm-hmm. they may happen, however that may, may come to be, uh, buddy, that guy's a problem. And uh, that experience that he brings, you know, I mean, he might have been fighting since before we killed Gaddafi, but... That 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 dude, man, he's 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 got something in there, and I cannot, I cannot bet against Anthony Smith on this. I'm going with him. Okay, well, see, I'm channeling my inner Victor, and that is why I'm going with Johnny Walker. Because normally I would have gone the safer route with Anthony Smith, but I don't trust him much anymore. So I'm going to take Johnny Walker. In my opinion, he's the the more trustable one, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. No, it does. All right, we get to the main event. Yarzinho Rosenstrick is taking on Jailton Almeida. I got to go with Jailton. Uh, Mookie's going with him as well. I, I can't trust uh, Yarzinho at all. At all. He is your true definition of a gict. A guy I can't trust. And just because he has the one win over Chris Dokaus in his last three fights, I can't get past the fact that Alexander Volkov knocked him out. Okay. Hmm. Alexander Volkov knocked him out. Volkov who normally wins. I'm not saying Volkov doesn't have power. That That's not what I'm saying at all. It's that he doesn't show it a lot. So for Alexander Volkov to, to be able to do that. And then right. Be, you know, he, he took the loss to Curtis blades before that he had a win over Augusto Sakai and the, the loss to Cyril gone before that. Um, he had a win over Junior Dos Santos and then the loss to Francis Ngannou before that. A win over Chris Dokaus, who has struggled mightily over his last several fights, doesn't give me the confidence to pick him over what is shaping up to be a damn good heavyweight uh, in Jailton Almeida. And Almeida also traverses to light heavy as well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Jairzinho has that that knockout power mm-hmm. that is so ferocious when he's able to get things going. Like if he sees that you're seeding ground, he is going to walk you down and hurt you. And I worry that that's what's going to happen here with Almeida and that he's going to get rocked. I am still picking Almeida. 
mm-hmm. primarily because he does have more avenues. He has some power of his own. I don't know if it's enough to uh, put Jairzinho down and out, but I know it's enough to hurt him. And I know that when it comes to having a more complete game, I think Almeida has that. Now, I think he's also going to struggle to get things to the ground as well, at least getting them there on his own terms. But um, once that happens, you know, do you really would you really give Jairzinho much of a chance? I wouldn't. I think Jonathan takes us. I'm well, going to go in. thing with, with Jonathan is that he's a grappling phenom and has a ton, uh, a ton, a ton, a ton of, of uh, submissions, but he is also heavy-handed and has serious ground-and-pound skills. Like, he beat the crap out of Danilo Marquez. I mean, just beat his ass. And, uh, you know, he choked out poor... poor Porker. Parker Porter. <laughs> he choked out Anton Turkaj. He ground and pounded Shamil Abdurahimov out. What happens is he gets you with some big hit and he gets you on the ground and he either grounds you out or he submits you. He is deadly down there and he doesn't have to take you down to get you there. He will knock you down to get you there. And your Zeno has a button. You know? He does. He does. Um, let's see here. The last time Almeida lost was back in 2018 and it was a dis- uh, a unanimous decision. His only other loss was a uh, knockout in at 16 seconds of the very first round back in 2017. It would be his fourth, uh, his fifth fight, excuse me. So five fights in was when he first took a loss. His seventh fight was his second loss. And since then, the man has been on an insane streak. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the smart money's on Almeida. So our final pick is coming from the Bellator card. Uh, and I should note that Mookie is also taking Jailton Almeida. So all three of us. Uh, the Bellator card has a good headliner. It's actually a very good card overall for hardcores. Bellator is a different animal from UFC. It's not valued at $12.1 billion. So you don't look at them under the same lens as you look at the UFC. I think this is a great card for them. And most importantly, it's headlined by a fight with some name power in Gegar Mousasi. Uh, Gegar Mousasi is taking on Fabian Edwards. I think we're all three going the same way. I don't know. But Mookie and I are going with Fabian Edwards because Gegard Mousasi is very much past his prime and has looked pretty not good lately. <laughs> Victor? Well, yeah. The thing with Gegard is, I mean, he's still very, very much in this. Uh, he's got a – I think he should be favored to win. The problem that I have is that you look at how that fight went with Johnny Eblen. I think he underestimated Eblen and his abilities, and I think – well, I mean, I think we all did. But when you look at the performance that Eblen put forth, like that guy really did his homework. I don't know that um, – I, I would imagine that – Fabian training with his brother Leon and having the same crew around them uh, would have the same sort of scouting done and work on what it is that Fabian would need to do to make sure that Musasi doesn't get comfortable in any facet of the game, punish him with counters and do 
something similar to what had taken place in Evelyn versus Musasi, right? He doesn't have to replicate the same exact thing, but you learn from that. Okay, this dude can be hurt if you do this. Great. Let's make that work. I think Musasi's probably going to win, but I'm going to go with the set, the 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 more um I guess the the sentimental pick here. I'm going to go with Edwards. I think he's got the talent and the skill. I think the experience will be a factor. I think that maybe Musasi's got a few tricks up his sleeve, but Maybe Fabian's ready for it, and I'm going to go with that. For me, Lasassi doesn't look the same, even with his wins, because some of his wins have uh, have taken him a while to get there. Let's let's look at John Salter, for instance. What version of Musasi takes all the way to two minutes and seven seconds of round three to take out a John Salter? Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know that that's I, fair. I, I mean, Salter is really good no, and really tough. It's absolutely fair. Come on, mm. Gegard, the with the name value that he's he brought in after leaving the UFC, and after all of his extensive career, uh, you know, before the UFC, you come in and you can't get past John Salter until the very third round. You have to take Douglas Lima to a decision. Uh, this is a past his prime Douglas Lima at that. A Douglas Lima that typically fights at 170. So I'm looking at these, the split with Lyoto, a, a pretty over-the-hill Lyoto Machida as well. And then he loses to Johnny Eblen. He lost to Lovato Jr. I don't know. I just feel like Musasi has struggled a bit. Maybe he's gotten complacent. He's also, I mean... My God, his record right now, as it stands, is 49, 8, and 2. Mm-hmm. That's a long, 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 insanely long career. We're talking all the way back to 2003. He's been fighting for fucking 20 wow. years. Wow. Wow. Okay, Since, yes. like, before we invaded Iraq. Ain't that some shit? Yes. So, oh my God. bearing that in mind. I could not pick Musasi, especially the way he's looked, even in his wins, especially in the loss to Johnny Eblen. And considering that career, I am definitely taking Fabian Edwards, as is Mookie. So we are going to look at just a couple of fights from UFC 288, and we're going to do this so fast. Aljamain Sterling defeating Henry Cejudo. It should not have been a split decision. Uh, I do think it was close. I'm not mad that it went to a split, but I just don't think it should have. I think that the fight was 48-47. And, you know, for the people out there that had it 49-46, I could see it that way too. But I think Henry did enough to snatch a couple of rounds. It wasn't what I had hoped. There is no tougher division right now. For those of you that would say featherweight, I put featherweight right behind. I would agree on that part. I just think that when you're at that level, not all the fights are going to be barn burners. They're going to be technical battles like this one was. But I mm. do feel that Aljamain did enough to take that without a split. Victor. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that uh, giving this a split, I'm not sure what round you would have given Henry, you know, how you would have. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Not to, what rounds would you have given him? to end up in that. And I didn't see the scorecards. I didn't really care to. I think that the the controversy regarding the scoring was not 
as big as I thought it would be. Sure. I think there was a lot more chatter about the performances during the fights, as it should be, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is really – that what we saw was actually something of a, a classic in, in some respects because – that was a very smart and technical battle. That was a good fight in that respect. Um, could it have been more exciting? Sure. We're not trying to make the perfect the enemy of the good either, but um, this is what's going to happen sometimes, and that's fine. It's not a complaint. It's just that maybe you expected a little more of the exchanges. You know, if you've seen some of the analysis um, that has been circulating, a lot of people making some hay of the fact that Henry was trying to um, – when Aljamain was on his knees trying to get the, the front headlock position, didn't really do much with it, didn't really mm-hmm. threaten any submissions, yes. didn't seem to really um, smother or kind of uh, keep that same pressure for in, in the manner that he would have done in other fights. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where the concern was, what the plan might have been. Uh, and that's that's fine, but I think it also just raises more questions of interest in terms of well, okay, this is this was a matter of respect and skill, and you know maybe this was caution that things would have blown up in his face. So it, it's not faulting the guy. It's just like, yeah, you, you can't make too many mistakes. And I understand where some of these guys would be a little conservative, but we got enough action out of them to know that they weren't playing completely safe. You know, these guys were going for it. They really were trying to do the most that they could, and. This is the way in which it manifested themselves. If these guys fight another 15 times, I don't think it's going to look the same. It yes. was very much the merit-driven fight that should have led that card, for sure. Yes. Um, getting to the co-main event, absolute stinker. But again, a technical battle between two of the top guys. This was considered a title eliminator. But the yeah. way that it went tells me that the UFC probably won't put Bilal Muhammad in a title shot anytime soon because it wasn't exciting. And you know how the UFC likes to run shit backwards when they say something definitively and then a fight like this comes out of that. They're they're like, oh, I I don't even remember saying that. Do you remember saying that? I don't remember it. That's what I think is going to happen. That would suck so bad. And Gilbert Burns, poor guy, he injured his shoulder in the fight, t- tore something, probably his labrum or his rotator cuff, something happened. And I saw an article where he said that there were several times after the injury where he wanted to quit, but he had to gut it out. Yeah, that's that's where you're, you're, you're in you're in Cain Velasquez territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point, like, are you are you in a situation where you're, uh, you know, just too stubborn mm-hmm. to to step aside when you should? But yeah, God, man, that would look. We already know Colby is the next guy in line, right? Mm-hmm. This would have ostensibly put the next guy in line, and in this case, that would be Bilal Muhammad. But if that doesn't happen, well, who else do you put in there? Exactly. And then on top of that, like, how can you take this away from him? You made it a five rounder. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck do you mean you're not going to honor that? How can you not? I would like to hope that that was somewhere in the verbiage in the contract when they restructured this fight to make it a five round bout. So. I hope so. I really hope so, because that's the only way you're going to get anything of any consequence to go your way. If that was done, then we have nothing to worry about. If it was not, I'd be so sad. I mean, God, dude, what is Bilal? What has he got to do? We saw how he dropped Gilbert. 
we saw how he fought him and how he roped him. And I don't care how injured Gilbert was. That's still Gilbert Burns, man. That's still a really tough fight. You're talking about the two dudes that nobody else really had any intention of taking on. Not because they were scared, but because, again, when you have the high risk and, and high and low reward type of matchup, maybe it makes sense not to fight these guys. Indeed. But, you know, like now you pit them against each other. Well, shit, some's got to give. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just I, I just now I made myself sad thinking about the possibility of that not happening. But um, I, I'm glad that this fight happened. I'm glad that this um, sort of settled that and maybe maybe might have separated things a bit, might have eased up a bit on that logjam that we had at the top there in that that particular part of the division. So there were a couple of other notable fights. Um, we're not going to like fully discuss them. Yan Zhanan looked like a killer. I love what Team Alpha Male is doing with their fighters out there. Boy, mm-hmm. they, have, they have experienced a really nice resurgence. And Uriah Faber is a good goddamn coach. I don't care what anyone says. He's a good coach. Uriah Faber, communist agent, would be the funniest outcome possible. <laughs> and I really want that to happen. <laughs> uh, Movsari Vloev and Diego Lopez had a killer fight. I loved the fight and Diego Lopez actually came out looking even better than before he went in off a loss because he fought his fucking heart out against a guy that could end up being a a title challenger or owning a belt soon what do I keep saying all the time that's a good loss that's absolutely a good loss and Matt Frivola defeating Drew Dober I need to lord this over the two of you, especially when we were making this our picks last week, and I could hear the uh, the snicker in your voice when I said I was going to pick st- to Matt Frivola. Was I snickering, really? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Okay. You never Is snicker. Like, what? No, I, never... I thought that was a winnable fight for him. No, I, I, I just I had got a tough the... time picking that this one. This is what you actually did. You went, hmm. That's a tough one to pick. That, what no, it was do? more the... Hmm, that's a choice. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You know what? Maybe it was the the rationale behind it, not the pick itself. Oh, goodness. I, I want to hope it was that. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be like, you know, mocking with it. Look, because hey, when I'm wrong, look, I eat it. I don't give a fuck. You know me. I'm not worried about it. They're like, oh, I'm going to look dumb because I picked the wrong fighter. No, no, no. We're way past the point of any shame whatsoever. But, yeah, but I'm going to shame you on the, something, though. Okay. No, you should. I deserve I, it. I'm going to get ready to shame you on Kennedy and Chukwu and Devin Clark because, and I quote, yep. this fight isn't going to be fun. This fight mm-hmm. doesn't have any an entertainment to it. I just mm-hmm. can't see it going anywhere. That's mm-hmm. what you said. I did say that. You see that? <laughs> You know how did it turn out, Victor? Was it exciting? Uh, it, it turned out with it turned out with Uncle Victor looking big dumb. That's what it, that's what it turned the fuck out. Hey man, hey, listen, listen, listen. Kennedy did the damn thing, man. Much respect. He is he has turned a few corners. He's made some leaps in in his progression, and um, uh, I was impressed to see that he was able to do that. It was one of those like. Well, damn, you know, I, I didn't know you had that in you, kid. He put the pressure on. He delivered those machine gun elbows, and then he choked the dude out to sleep. He was not taking any breaks. Good for him. Not quite as raw or as green as he was not too long ago. So that was great. Absolutely. All right, folks, this is the part of the show where if you are a paid subscriber, you stay right here and get to listen to bonus content. 
And if you are not a paid subscriber, this is your chance to run over and subscribe and help us out. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Music B, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, the 6th Round Retro, the Show Money Podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA Bunker.